Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. Mountain West Hoops, we're doing it again, the same background. They call it Wyoming week last week. It's carried over into this week. We still have the yellow and brown. They're making it look real good right now. It's not quite yeah. like, like sometimes in the stand, I look around, I'm like, oh, that's not a good combination. But the uniform and the gear that they're doing right now in Wyoming, they're doing it right. So uh, shout out to Wyoming on that. But we have the – the one and oh head coach, I believe, or is it two and oh now? I have to ask. I think it may be two. I think he snuck one last year, so we'll have to ask him about that. But the sitting head coach, acting head coach, whatever they call it when your head coach gets ejected in the first five minutes of the game, uh, Coach Deweese in the building. Coach, what up? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're hyped to have you on, man. We got to hear about it. We got to hear about it. We got to hear about it. So, I'll lead off. I'll get out of the way and let Eli take over. I would say take us through, but let's just take us through the point where you realize that coach was getting ejected. And then, <laughs> no, no, let me just paint the picture. So literally, I think all of it happened within like game time, 15 seconds. Yeah. Real time, maybe two minutes, maybe. It's pretty quick. So, yeah, how I remember it is, Offensive foul on EK, does a spin, gets a little bit of elbow contact, but not an <laughs> offensive foul, not for a guy like that. Not an offensive foul. And even if it was, okay, we'll, we'll give you one. But then he comes down, and he's on defense. Other team's guys running, and he kind of gives him a little bit of a, you know, a little nudge. A little we'll like, hey, we're here. I'm, I'm here. But it's a physical game. It has nothing to do with the play. The, the ball hasn't been entered. They're not trying to feed it to the post. Like, it's literally something that happens all game long, all the time. And so he gets his second. Right. So we're just into the game. Coach Linder is hot about the first. He's extremely hot about the second because he knows everything that's going on. Now, meanwhile, Maldonado had a small, small injury. <laughs> Nobody knows if he's coming back yet or not. So he's off somewhere. So you literally have your breath. The, the highest scoring duo in the country is off the floor 
Coach Linder gets his first tee. And the way I remember it, you guys were in the timeout, just a media timeout. And next thing you know, it's like people come back to the floor and he's gone. Like he's not, he's, he's, he's there throwing them out. So that's how I remember it. Take us through what you, uh, yeah, what was going through your head when you realized like, all right, well, I guess I got a coach. No, that that's a pretty good synopsis, I think. Uh, so ultimately, I mean, you know, we got the first one and, 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 you know, coach Linder doesn't get technical fouls very often. Um, yeah. and he's, he's, he's got a lot of really good self-control and he understands, you know, when to push the limit and how to fight for our guys, but not to fight too hard. And, right. um, you know, and he's, he's really, really good at, at pushing that line and, and, and working the refs like most good head coaches do. And, uh, so, you know, the, the coach, coach Vandiver and coach Wicks are back there holding them back and, and, and kind of making sure he gets away. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to you know, go to the huddle while, while they're dealing with that and they'll be fine. They'll get him and he'll, he'll kind of stop. And, and, uh, I, I turn around and, and I look back and like, literally I'm, I'm, I'm right when I'm saying like, all right, he's good. They got him. This is going to be the end. And, uh, and he's out there like a, like a, like a little slot receiver, um, shucking those dudes and getting by them. And, uh, you know, they're, they're big old dudes, man. So he had to move to get around those guys. So, um, they did the best they could. And, and I'm, I'm in the huddle, like trying to just tell the guys and, 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 Hey, let's stay together and, you know, try and kind of get everything calmed down a little bit. Um, and then I turn around and, and, and look over my shoulder and, 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 um, official is going to the table and he says, you're out of here. And I was like, wait, I've had to kind of double take and wait, what? And, uh, so it kind of hit us pretty quick. And, um, I kind of told the media last night after the game, I think, you know, you never want to see that happen because when you have, when you have an, an elite, which I think, and obviously I'm biased, but I think a lot of people would agree with me. One of the elite coaches in college basketball today and Jeff Linder, like you, so you don't think something's wrong with you, but go keep going. Sorry. You, you want him on the floor. <laughs> like, you know, hey, I mean, I, I hopefully one day I'll get a chance to be a head coach, but I don't want it to be in that situation. I want <laughs> I want my head coach on the floor and I want him to do his thing because he's as good as anybody in the country. And, and uh, but, you know, sometimes those things happen. You get thrust in that situation. And, and for us, we were a little bit flat to start. And I think um, it kind of was just just the push we needed to, 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 to get us going and give us some life. Yeah, a little bit of that flatness has to do with this NBA schedule. Uh, Four, not only four games in eight days, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, but also four games in eight days that are all NCAA tournament caliber teams and really projected teams. So, yeah, two, all of them in top 55 in the net, all in a row, some home, some away, traveling between class. Yeah. Uh, what can you say about this team? What did you learn about this team? I know you already knew you were good. But what did last night coaching that team, seeing the player leadership happen, knowing that some of you, like you've already said, is like, let me get out of the way. But to see them come together, I, I thought last night the huddles were the tightest I've ever seen them have. It was very yeah. noticeable significantly. Um, and there was a lot of adversity that game. EK was out the whole first half. And then Maldonado comes back from his injury. And there's overtime. And you end the game and the overtime with stops. So what did you learn about your team? Or what did you think that they may have responded? You probably felt confident. But what did you learn about your team even through all that? You know, I, I think um, something that we, we've we've kind of and, – and not just from that game, but we've learned that they had all year because we've had so many of these games um, that have been so tight down the stretch. But we know that these guys, um, they, they have a self-belief and they have – uh, I think the best word is like a resiliency about uh, regardless of what kind of adversity they face from game to game, 
that they just they just feel like they're the most together team. They feel like whoever they play, they're the toughest team. Um, may not always be the best team, whatever our matchup is, but they feel like they're the most together and the most tough team. And <clears throat> we coach them hard. Uh, they, they, they get coached hard every day in practice. Um, they're held accountable every day. Uh, it's not it's not all pats on the backs and, 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 and cupcakes. And um, so they, they they haven't had it easy um, and, and they know we've been through it. And so they know that any kind of situation they can be in a game is, is no different than anything we've created in practice. But they're, they're so together. They play for each other. Um, you know, even even the guys, they, they know that 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 Graham and, and, and Hunter are, are really, really talented players. Um, it's not always easy to get play with guys that are that get that much of high usage rate um, and that many touches. But but they know that those guys are about the right stuff. And so there's there's no you know jealousy or issues with that. I mean, it's just they just want to win and, and they just find ways to, to win tough, gritty games. What, what was the resiliency like after that first four or five minutes with all the chaos that happened? I, I know we had uh, Graham and Hunter on and, and they spoke a little bit how it really wasn't, there was no blinking. There wasn't really missing a beat, even though they were kind of disoriented with what was going on with them, losing Linder. Um, how do you think this team is prepared to be in moments like those? Because to be, to be honest, everyone's going to maybe not face that sequence, but is going to face a sequence these next few weeks where things really you know, go off the rails a little bit and you have to kind of come together. So where, where do you think this all, this all comes to be? Well, I mean, the first place it starts there, the origin is in recruiting and it's, mm-hmm. it's recruiting guys that, that have great character. Um, and one, one thing that we look for in a, in a, in a kind of a, a buzzword, I guess you could say that, that we use is, is care factor. And we try and recruit guys that care. And so that's where it starts. And then, when you put them together and you have a, a, a collective group of guys that have great care and great character, um, then th- those things like they just know, like, hey, we're going to do what it takes. And in that in that first huddle, in that media time, I, I mean, like I said, there, there was no blinking, no wavering. Um, it was we're going to find a way to get this done. We got it. We got it. And I mean, it just just kind of an unflappable confidence that that they're going to handle adversity the right way, not, not just amongst the coaching staff or the coaches and the players, but but just the players just themselves that they just know they're going to find a way to get it done and, and they know they're going to do what it takes. So on the, the opposite side of the coin there, there's also the factor of how do you handle success? How do you handle being 20 and three and having media outlets write about you and having your name in bracket and, and things like that? How, how does that not become a distraction? How do you have the players kind of lock in and not be focused too far down the road of what the season may turn into? Yeah, and, that, and that's that's certainly a challenge. There's no question. That's, and that's a great question. I mean, I think for each guy, it's probably a little bit different individually. Um, and there's probably certain guys that, you know, you can um, maybe talk to about about, oh, you know, our net rankings, whatever. And they can kind of handle that. And some guys it can that it kind of can be a lot with them or they maybe get a little bit obsessed with, with worrying about it or looking at it. Um, I think for us, it's just and, and you hear coaches say this kind of stuff all the time. But for us, it's just about focusing on the next game. And controlling what we can control, and those are just so so cliche, but there's no other way to put it, because um, because that that is all you can control is what's what's here and now. So like right now, I mean, all that matters doesn't matter that you know, yeah, we won't beat Utah State last night, and that was a really good win for us, and we've had a bunch of great wins this year. But like nobody cares if we go to San Jose on Saturday and and don't show up, and you know, so it's just it's just focusing on the process of. What is what is the next game? What's the next opponent? What's the next next task that we have to to accomplish? What's competing in the conference like this year, given just the the top heaviness? But even 
even going to the pit with Jalen House there, Air Force is much improved. Tim Miles coaching SGSU. It's it's not only in the top, but it's the bottom too. And just what is this like competing in a year like this in the Mountain West? It's brutal. Um, <laughs> it's brutal. And obviously the league lost a bunch of really good players. I mean, some some pretty big stars, uh, not just last year, but the last several years. Um, and several guys have been drafted, stuff like that. But I think it, I think it speaks to the caliber of programs. I think it, it speaks to the caliber of coaches. Um, we've got a lot of great coaches in the league. Obviously, the, I mean, the, you know, the, the talent's the talent. I mean, it's Mountain West has had good players for a long time, um, and it seems just to, just to reload every year. I mean, when you look at the league from top to bottom, like, you know, you can't help but talk about, like everybody else likes to talk about guys like David Roddy and Orlando Robinson and um, Bryce Hamilton. I mean, there's so there's so many good players. Um, and you even mentioned the guys in New Mexico, and they're not – their record's not great, but, like, you don't want to see those guys. Like, I mean, we're not looking forward to going to the pit next week because – you know, between Mashburn and House, I mean, those guys are they're they're tough guards, and you got to go play in front of you know however many people they're getting the pit these days, and it's one of the hardest places to, to play in the country, even even when they're not great. Um, so we have a ton of respect as a staff and as a program for the other programs in the league. Um, I think San Jose and Air Force and and New Mexico um, really kind of taking a step up from last year um, has really helped when when you talk about some of the metrics and the numbers. Um, with those, with those programs we're able to do in the non-conference compared to what they did last year has really helped all of us. Um, and, and I think they're a little bit of the unsung heroes, uh, uh, of what the league is doing right now, because if it was like last year, they, we'd be hurt by playing those games and it's not nearly as much, but, um, so I, I have a ton of respect for what all those programs have done. I mean, they've all, they've all gotten significantly better. And I mean, there's, there's no easy night. Um, there's no easy out and you can say, well, we're rolling into wherever and we'll, we'll just be okay. As long as we show up. I mean, it's, it is a, is a bona fide high level league with high level players, and high level coaches and, and, and really high level environments every night that you're going to. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun league. Yeah. Speaking of environments, obviously the dome of doom moniker is certainly back yeah. in full force and, uh, it's been it's been loud there these last handful of games. What's it been like coaching in the full double A and having this home court advantage and just being in front of these fans? It's awesome. I mean, our fans have been phenomenal. Um, you know, and, and I think last year being our first year, I think people were kind of excited about the change um, and 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 wanted to really get behind us. But then obviously with COVID, um, you know, we had a, we had a period we were able to have fans, then we couldn't again, and then we could again, and it was. I think I think for for fans and spectators of the college basketball in general and probably just sports in general. Um, it's been a, it's been a challenging time because now you have, you know, even right now you still have rules about where well, you can do this, at this place, or some people have limited attendance and, and it's, it's been a tough time for the world, um, unfortunately, but uh, I think people want to get back to it as we, as we can see. And, and I mean, college basketball is, is just, it's on fire this year. Like I love, I mean, every time I turn on the TV, I'm watching a game, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be, you know, Duke, North Carolina. It could be look at look at the Auburn, Arkansas game last night. I mean, obviously it's, it's number one versus versus an Arkansas team's got a passionate fan base. But like that thing's rocking, man. And that's what's beautiful about college basketball. And it's it's a it's a fun game. Like, I mean, basketball is great in general because it keeps your attention. It's constantly moving. You have to pay attention. But like when you have when you have a lot of bodies in there. And, and there's a there's a buzz and there's an energy and electricity in, in these arenas. I mean, there's there's no better experience than going to a high level college basketball game with a full arena. And the people here, I mean, we can't say enough about them. They've really gotten behind us. Our students have really stepped up. Um, that was a challenge for us a little bit last year. And we were getting an amazing student turnout. I mean, like we're out there warm ups. There's 60 on the clock, you know, 60 minutes on the clock before tip. Warm ups are just getting going. 
And then here come the students down, you know, they're, they're coming in, they're getting let in. I mean, so we're warming, warming up for an hour with a full student section. And I think our guys feed off that as coaches, we feed off that. And I think, you know, we, we really appreciate the support as a program. Um, and it just, it just makes everything a lot more fun. And when this place gets going now, you, you don't want to come, you don't want to come to Laredice and play in the Dome of Doom once it gets going. Absolutely. So, so one of the things that I think in particular with this team that stands out from a statistical perspective is the improvement on the defensive end. And last year, I mean, we, we talked to you last year and you, you joked about it, how the, where the defense was at. And I mean, the numbers say where it was at. It was 301st nationally in defensive efficiency. I know you guys know that and have referenced that. Now it's top 90, top 100 nationally. So a, a huge sizable leap and probably still not where you want to be just given where coaches are and the mindset and things like that. But clearly a, a sizable leap on that end. What would you say has been a factor in that? What would you say has been uh, the focus and just how, how does a team like this go from one of the weaker defensive teams nationally to one of the stronger ones in this conference? Well, it started with us having time um, and the ability. I mean, obviously taking over the program during, during you know, the, the height of, of COVID protocol stuff, um, there was very little we could do. Uh, and we kind of had to piece together things, you know, from, from a social distancing standpoint, things like that. And uh, you, we never really felt like we got a chance to, to – kind of hammer home our principles of who we are and what we want to do. We, we talked about it, you know, till we were blue in the face um, and showed film and, 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 and did, you know, tried to modify things the best that we can or the best that we could, but um, there was only so much you could do. And I think once things kind of got somewhat normal last spring after the season, and we had a little bit more uh, freedom within the parameters that we were allowed to do things. I mean, that was, that was pretty much all we focused on is, is, knowing that we had to be better in ball screen coverage, knowing that we had to be better defensive rebounding and knowing we had to be better guarding the ball. And, you know, to, to, the, to the credit of our players, I mean, they've completely bought into it. Um, they take pride in it. I mean, you know, this, this is something that every coach in America will probably tell you, but I mean, we're, we're so big on trying to hold opponents under 40% from the field. Um, obviously, just like we've done in the past, and we talked about before about trying to limit, you know, three-point three point attempts and just three-point makes overall um, are huge factors for us. But, I think the, the biggest process was just our guys just really buying in and knowing like, okay, they want to win. They know we're going to be talented offensively, but we know that we can't have a chance to compete in the league, much less have a chance to go win the league. Um, if we can't be a team that's, that's one of the top three defensive teams in the mountain West. And that's, there's some pretty good defensive teams in this league. I mean, historically too. And, and it's, it's, and there's some teams in this league that probably don't get enough credit for how good they are defensively. Um, but I feel like we've kind of gotten into that top three conversation. Um, it's, it's at least a conversation now, you know, it's not, it's not just a, a, a farce that we could talk about it, but, but um, we're, we're really pleased with the guys and still got a lot of work to do. Like you said, we're never, never all the way there. I, and I, I think one of the things, well, one of the things we talked about with coach Linder and one of the things he referenced was just the overall length and just how tall this team is and just that kind of, imposing nature i believe top 10 or top 15 in height nationally it's a it's a huge deal is that something that as far as recruiting goes is that something that you established that you wanted this team to be uh, a lengthy team or have that versatility or is it just kind of naturally how things came to be a little bit of both i mean i think i think if you talk to any coach in, in division one basketball or just in basketball in general you want to be as long and tall as you can um but you can't do that at the expense of, of good players. Um, you can't just be, hey, just be tall to be tall or long to be long. Um, I think we've been fortunate to, to 
kind of get this roster together, not specifically like, hey, let's not get anybody below 6'3". But for me personally, um, and and being a small part of of assembling the roster, um, this is like my dream roster. I mean, I've and, and sorry to all the sub six foot players out there. Um, I've I've always been uh, someone that's been obsessed with size and length, and tried to put together the longest, tallest rosters I could in, in, in recruiting the, the the part that I play in it. Um, but I, it kind of just came together a little bit, and and we're fortunate to have some guys with great size and length that that are really good players, and they can bounce it and can dribble pass and shoot. Um, you know, and that's that's the challenge, and. I think that gives us a chance, and especially if we're fortunate enough to continue to win and have a chance to play in the NCAA tournament um, to where we can match with a lot of people uh, because we're the same size. I mean, um, I think when we played Stanford this year in the Diamond Head Classic, uh, when we opened that that event, I want to say they're like the fourth, you know, the highest average height in in Division One, and we're like sixth or seventh. I mean, it's like it was like one of the biggest matchup games as far as the average height that you that you were gonna have all year in Division One, which is kind of cool. Um, and I and I loved it. Like that's what I want to see. I, I I that's I like that as 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 kind of that's kind of one of my weird coaching things. But no, we 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 try and get the biggest guys we can, but they still have to fit, um, and they still have to be able to do what we need them to do. And we're just fortunate that we've got a roster of those guys right now. Yeah, I'm gonna jump in and, and go back. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I'm gonna. I'm going to rough it, all right? So so bear with me. But at UNC, prior to getting there, they won 10 games. Uh, at Wyoming, prior to getting there, they won nine. And here you are in at UNC. You went 26 and 12. Shortly thereafter, getting the job was in the first year. Yeah, year I two. Say, year I one, I think we won 11 in year one at UNC and with um, seven scholarship players. Yeah, so, so – and then you win – CIT championship, um, if I'm not mistaken, is that what it's called, CBI? CIT, CIT national championship, man. We were the national champs. I, thought, that's what I, thought. I was just making sure, national champs. I thought I had it right, just making sure. Full school record we, for wins, too. Yeah. School record for wins. See, there you go, Eli, getting, getting the analytics and the numbers. So that's what I need. Um, and, and me and Kenny have a little bit of national championship background. We both worked at UTEP, so we know a little about that national championship swagger. We didn't actually win one, but you guys <laughs> did. So – uh, that happens in two years. Then the next time you go to take over Wyoming, they had won nine games before. Uh, you have this freshman of the year, so everybody's like, oh, they're going to, they have promise. People don't realize how good Graham EK is. He didn't play most of the year. Um, so then, next thing you know, year two, people are like, well, they're missing the freshman of the year, blah, 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 blah. And then you guys are now already at 20 wins, uh, right outside the top 25. There's something in this formula with you and Linder. Obviously, Linder gets all the credit he should get, but there's assistant coaches. I've been an assistant. I know how important assistants are. You showed uh, a lot last night along with Sundance Wicks and and Coach V uh, to be able to keep everything together. I guess just talk about what is it about Coach Linder and what have you experienced with him to do that at such a fast rate? People talk about building it. But even when they build it, they don't necessarily build it to tournament status or national championship status or school record win status. This is different. So talk a little bit about that. If yeah. you don't mind. I mean, I, I can't say enough about Jeff Linder. Um, you know, I, I think his track record has proven it uh, as far as what we did in northern Colorado and what and what we've been able to do here so far. And we still have a long way to go um, this this season. But 
there's not, I mean, and I've, and I've been fortunate to be around some really, really good coaches. I mean, worked for Tim Floyd at UTEP for six years, who was a phenomenal coach, coach in the NBA. Um, he's coached a ton of pros. I mean, it's, and it, it was, I learned so much from and, and other assistants. Dick Hunsaker, who was a, is a, really won a lot of games at Utah Valley, um, who I learned a lot from as well. Um, and then and, and got a chance to work for my dad, who was, who was a, an excellent college coach who's recently retired. So um, I've worked for good guys um, and, I've, and I've been able to learn a lot along the way. But but with Coach Linder, um, there's just something a little bit different about him, man, as far as like his ability to see the game uh, at pace, to understand what's important in the game. Uh, and, and it's not just and he does have an innate ability to kind of just do that that's kind of you know i wouldn't say it's natural because it's not natural for anyone but um great instincts because i'm sure he had great instincts as a player as well but i've never been around somebody that's worked as hard to be good as he has and you know we we talk about what what the games that we've won but the the, the thing that people don't see is like in you know i don't know uh in when we're up here in May, when the guys are gone, it's May 18th. It's after finals, and he's not—he's not playing golf. Uh, you know, he's not just hanging out, and we're just sitting around kicking it in the office. You know, he's in there studying. He's watching, and not just—not just our stuff. I mean, he watches so many other people at different levels. Um, you know, he's just—he's just a student of the game that that just. He's, he's the hardest working guy I've ever been around, and um, which which elevates the rest of us and the staff because you know if you're if you're if your boss is working that hard, you better work that hard too. And um, so I, with him, I mean, I, I'm just grateful that I got the opportunity to to go to Northern Colorado with him. It was a little bit of a leap of faith, and some people probably thought I was crazy to leave UTEP and go there, but um, I kind of knew it, uh, us having gotten to know each other that that how smart of a guy he was and. The success they'd had at Boise with him as the associate head coach, I knew that he had a lot to do with that. Um, and so it was, it was, it was, it was a tough decision, but I knew it was, it was the right decision. And I've, I've been fortunate. I've, you know, zero regrets and, and only, only positive since then. And then, I mean, looking at Northern Colorado, I mean, we had fantastic staff, and obviously Steve Smiley's the head coach there now, and, and Coach Smiley's having success and is going to have a ton of success as a Division One head coach. Um, worked with great guys like like Dorian Green and Vinny McGee. Um, Dorian's still at the UNC, and, and and Vinny's at San Francisco on the staff there. Um, and those two guys are phenomenal. And then here, I mean, you got two guys on staff that have been head coaches at, at the, the Division Two level and have had success. I meant, I meant to say that last night. I didn't say yeah. that. I didn't mean to say it. I take it back. I was thinking I didn't even say that. They have been no, head coaches, and, and you will no, be. Yeah, I mean, well. yeah. Well, I hope so. I hope you're right. And we will one day, but. Uh, but I mean, Coach Wicks. I mean, and, and Coach Coach Vandiver had so much to do with with that last night. Like I said, I just tried to kind of get out of the way and um, let let those guys, let the players do what they knew how to play, and let the let the, let the coaches do what they knew how to do in coaching. And um, that that had nothing to do with me, man. That was all the preparation that we've done every day as a staff and as a program. And I just, like I said, just tried not to screw it up. Right. Well, you didn't you didn't follow it by getting any technical files or even getting on the road. That, that was a good start. That would be that a was, bad look. <laughs> I've seen that before. Start. Hey, I had that game. Um, and if you want to look at it, you can look it up on YouTube. Look up look up Tim Floyd ejection at East Carolina. Um, if you guys hadn't seen that one, that's an all timer. When uh, when I was at UTEP <laughs> with Coach Floyd, he got ejected in our first our first year there and at East Carolina, and then immediately, uh, I mean, almost immediately, I think it was like about a minute and a half maybe of game time after, Phil Johnson, who was our associate head coach and who was, is a fantastic coach, um, 
<laughs> got ejected about a minute and a half after. So it got it got down to me and uh, it was it was like me and Greg Foster who was on our staff at the time trying to trying to piece it together. But yeah, I've I've kind of been in one of those before. So you've been in that one, and then you had one in New Mexico last year. So I, I mean, are we three and zero right now as a coach, or are we two and one? No, I, I, I can't claim the one back in the UTEP days, man. I was kind of a little bit more of a bystander in that one, but uh, but no, it, it's <laughs> been a part of a few notable ejections, I guess. A few of them, a few of them, and your time is coming. Uh, as we all know, and if the world didn't get didn't have an idea before, although it takes a village to have the poise in that kind of a magnitude of game, and with those kind of stakes and that kind of um, odds, kind of a little bit against you, right, wrong, or indifferent, because AK is out and Maldonado is kind of hobbled and. Um, yeah, there's a lot yeah, of stuff. Ma- yeah, Maldonado coming out of the tunnel like Willis Reed in the garden back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Made the recovery. Uh, I felt like I was watching, like, what, what's the uh, movie with, with uh, Lil Bow Wow? And I feel like there was a moment in there where, like, the Lil Bat Air Bud, I felt like it was, like, one of those moments. <laughs> I took it back there. Uh, all right, funny story before you go. Anything you got, uh, whether it's – so the guys did tell us your players who we recognized as uh, – players of the week in the conference, they did tell us about karaokeing last year. And they said yeah. Coach Booker kind of took took over a little bit. He he jumped out there. And your trainer, they gave them they gave him some love. So anything yeah. you have behind the scenes you want to share, we always like. That's a great story. Um we were kind of just needed to have a little fun and, and let off a little steam. And that's last year when we were doing those those back to backs um and, and you'd, you'd go and stay a place. And that was that was when we were playing New Mexico at Air Force, um, which was that that whole weekend was kind of crazy. Um, we actually the, the game that Coach Linder got ejected. I'm, I think it's the same one. They all kind of run together at this point. But um, there was like a, a borderline blizzard in Colorado Springs. And oh, wow. so it took us like, you know, it takes like 20 minutes to go from where we stayed in the Springs to go to the academy um, to play the game. And I mean, it took us like an hour and 20 minutes and. We got there. They, I think they put up put like ten minutes extra for us to warm up. We got there with what would have been about twenty minutes left before tip. Um, so that was a crazy trip. But yeah, the the, the karaoke thing was something I'll always remember. Um, <laughs> we had a little Chief Keep out there from the fellas. That was that was okay. memorable. What was, um, what was I, I guess the funny the funny story should be what was your song? What did you? Sing? I didn't you sing. Just, you didn't oh, sing. I didn't sing, man. I'm, they didn't I'm a, tell I'm us a, that. You got off the no. hook. No, I'm I'm a I'm more of a, a little bit behind the scenes when it comes to karaoke. That, um, in other words, nah, you don't, I was, there's no behind the scenes in karaoke, coach. It's either you participate or you don't. I didn't participate. I was a spectator. I was I was a uh, I was a heckler. Actually, is probably probably the better way to put it. Um, I crit- critiqued and criticized, but did not participate. Um, I think I think I think I got to plant a seed for this year. So if you guys do karaoke again, Coach Deweese has to go first. To mm, set the tone, mm. I, I don't know how good that would be. That would not be good. Um, <laughs> but I will say our trainer, our trainer Dallas Fickner, was awesome. He I heard some. He sang some Garth Brooks, and I mean, mm. that kind of set it off a little bit. I heard you got. Yeah, you got to show your Texas roots, man. You're like a real Texas guy, born and raised. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little. I might have to. Uh, they might not like my like uh, late '90s, early 2000s uh, Houston Houston underground rap that I would try and uh, karaoke. I don't think anybody would know what I was doing. You got some fat pad or little, something like that. Do a little, 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 little Mike Jones, little Kiki, some Paul Wall, something like that. Man, oh, I think yeah. they'd be confused. There you go. There you go. They won't. Even, they won't even know what hit him. They're like, "Yo, what's Coach doing?" <laughs> uh, 
Well, Coach, we appreciate it, man. Exciting times in Wyoming. Wyoming week continues. Uh, super hyped for you guys to be able to just – Every week is Wyoming week, Burton. Every week is Wyoming week. When you're in Wyoming, but for the rest of the world, it's never <laughs> Wyoming week. <laughs> just make sure we say that. So we've seen this background more on this show than we've ever seen it. Uh, we're not mad at it, though. We appreciate it. No, it looks Great good. Job. Last night, I have to say that again, that was not an easy – it wasn't easy for anyone in the building. I think everybody was on like – it was just uncomfortable. Even It's not about wins and losses only, but just to work that hard and be in a position where you want to have the best players and best coaches, like you said, in games like that. That's what you schedule those games for. So to have that happen was just almost just like this isn't right. But yeah. to Wyoming credit and Utah State, great game. Uh, John Rostein – watched the game supposedly and he says now there's five teams i don't know if he watched the game or he had like somebody else watched for him but uh he got he got the communication across the desk and was it said, a standalone yeah. game <laughs> <laughs> oh man you don't it should be in there should be five teams what do you think about the five team concept i mean i you know i guess it kind of you know, always depends on how the leagues play out i i think this league is exceptional I think it's as good as it's been in a long, long time. I guess it was 2013, I believe, when the, the last time there was five bids. Um, I think I think the league getting two bids last year was borderline criminal. Um, I think Colorado State and, and Boise should have both been in. Uh, I think Utah State is excellent. Um, and they've, they've come in, and, and Coach Odom and his staff have come in in, in a, a difficult situation because of the success that they've had previous with, with uh, Craig Smith and his staff. And if yeah. I really not missed much of a beat um, and, and especially when losing some of their better players that would have been returning to the University of Utah. So um, tons of credit to those guys. I mean, that, Coach Odom and his guys are, I mean, a fantastic staff and program and he's done a heck of a job in a, in a weird situation. But uh, five, I mean, I think we're really close. I think yeah. I think I think four teams for sure deserve to be in. Um, hopefully that we don't cannibalize each other here as we get down the stretch. and. Right. And we can get, you know, at the very least three. But I, I, I think I think we've earned it. I really do. I think a bunch of us have earned it. And, um, you know, I want I want that for the league profile. I, hopefully we're one of those four or potentially five that gets in. But hopefully we can make it work because I think we deserve it. Yep, no doubt. Well, you definitely do. Keep up the good work. Keep having fun. I want to hear about the karaoke before the end of the year, Coach. <laughs> I want to hear All right, we'll it. see what we can do. Yeah. When when the bid happens, karaoke with Deweese is what I'm gonna tweet out. Hey, if, if, if we if we get into the NCAA tournament, I'll I'll sing I'll sing whatever somebody chooses. <laughs> That'd be an easy trade. I like yeah. it. I like it. Well, coach, thanks for taking the time. Congrats and success. Keep up the great work. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, the closer now. We got Eli. Another great Man. interview. Eli breaks it all down. And obviously, we've talked about the team with Linder. We've talked now with two of the best players. Now we talk uh, with one of the important staff members. They have many. And Eli will break it down in a different way this time because Eli's that good. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah, put on the hotspot just like uh, uh, Kenny was last night in unusual, unusual circumstances. And we talk about this a lot with different teams. Every single team that makes it to the bracket, every single team that – is knocking on the door of the bracket has nights like Tuesday night where things just don't go right. And I think still picking up a victory against a very good Utah state team says a lot about where this group is at. And uh, I think it was Linder who said that 
um, or it might have been Hunter instead. One of the guys said uh, that this just is not a game that they would have won last year, and I think it's just a, a testament to where the leadership is at. And Kenny talked about this, how you have probably two of the – possibly the best duo in the nation, at least as far as scoring is concerned, with Graham Ike and Hunter Maldonado. But there is no sort of ego, at least externally, that you can see with this team – uh, because the roles are so defined uh, with Jeremiah Odin, who's been so effective, Drake, J- <laughs> Drake Jeffries. It's a tough one to say sometimes. I'm, I'm sure you've stumbled on that one a couple times. Before. I have. I actually have. About a second. I have. <laughs> it's, it's tough. Uh, but the, the roles are very defined on this team. And I think even the fact that Maldonado is such a great scorer, he's a wonderful passer too. And Ike provides so many pos- extra possessions for this team with the way he rebounds. And um, I think just the way they came together – uh, Tuesday night and just collectively gathered as a unit and got the job done. Uh, it's another huge win on the resume. And we, we talked about this about a week and a half ago, this stretch coming up for Wyoming when we were thinking this team was good. Um, and I said, you know, go two and two and you have a shot at dancing. They're four and oh now in the stretch. And uh, they've got one more road game against that top tier and otherwise, it's it's games that you should win as opposed to games that you may be able to win. So uh, they're in large part they're in control of their destiny as far as getting a bid. And uh, it's been amazing to see what this team again has done in year two under Linder because year two Northern Colorado this team was picked seventh in the Big Sky poll, won the CIT, set the school record for wins. This year picked eighth in year two for Linder, uh, breaking more program records uh going for another tournament bid so it's it's just been really impressive what this team has done no doubt couldn't agree more uh coach deweese in the fire along with coach wicks along with coach v uh did such a great job um yeah excited to see what this conference continues to do as we keep breaking it down but this particular team i believe is uh anytime you're picked in the eighth kind of range of things and then you win it you're you're in first place uh we all love those stories right yeah. so Wyoming's well deserved to get the attention that they've gotten um and yeah just excited to see what they continue to do so for us here at Mountain West Hoops Insider we are done we'll catch you next week with a full episode I think you guys have gotten enough for now so next week another full episode and we'll have some fun with it Thank you for joining us and welcome to the All Access Network. Be sure to follow, share, and stay connected with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe and hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to write your story, leave your mark, and create your legacy.